Well, hey everybody, Merry Christmas. I am so glad that you're here with us at Valley Creek Church. We want to welcome all of our campuses, whether you're in Denton, Flower Mound, Louisville, the venue, watching online somewhere in the world. Can we just welcome each other together for a moment? I am so glad that you're here with us. And whether this is your first time here, maybe you haven't been in a while, maybe you've left and just recently come back. Maybe you're here with us every single weekend. It really doesn't matter. I am so glad that you are here with us because it's Christmas. It's Christmas. Presents and trees and lights and family and fun and manger scenes. And every year for a few weeks, we get together and we celebrate the Christmas season. And it's defined by words like joy and merry and hope and family and fun and love and lights. It really is the most wonderful time of the year. And yet, if we're honest, many of us don't really feel the joy of the season. If we're honest, a lot of us don't really feel like everything else around us looks. Yeah, sure, we fake it. We're really good at that. Like we wear the Christmas sweater and we'll take a family pic and throw it out there on Facebook or Instagram. We'll, we'll give and receive a few gifts. We might even come to a church service. But if we're really honest with one another, we often don't feel the joy of the season. Why? Because somewhere, some way, somehow, I think we've covered up what it's really all about. You see, in Luke chapter two is probably the most famous story uh, or, or passage of the Christmas story. And, and it's the announcement of Jesus's birth. And you've probably heard it a thousand times. Charlie Brown tells it to you every single year. And so I want to read it to you, but I want you to think about it as if you're hearing it for the first time. It's the first Christmas night. It says, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid for I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into the heavens, the shepherds said to one another, let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, they spread word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. What I think is so cool is that on this first Christmas night, the announcement of Jesus's birth came first to shepherds. It didn't come to politicians and celebrities. It didn't come to kings and dignitaries. It didn't come to the elite of society. It came to the least deserving, least expecting outcasts of society. It came to people just like us. People who are hurt and lost and broken. And really, the two most important verses of the entire Christmas story is Luke 10 or Luke 2, 10 and 11. When the angels show up and look at the shepherds and say, do not be afraid. Why? Because love has come. And what you have to remember is that love is not a feeling. It's a person and his name is Jesus. 
1 John 4.18 says, There is no fear in love, for perfect love casts out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. The angels say, hey, don't be afraid because love has come and that love is here to drive out your fear. Jesus is going to pay the penalty for your sin so you never have to be afraid of punishment again. So they say, do not be afraid for I bring you good news of great joy. So apparently there's news and good news and then there's joy and great joy. And what we learn is that the level of your joy is determined upon the quality of the news, right? So bring you good news of great joy. So the quality of the news determines the level of joy you experience. And you know this is true in your life. Like if someone comes to you and brings you news that you've lost your job or that you've won the lottery. <laughs> the level of news or the quality of news determines the level of joy. Or on a more serious note, if someone came to you and gave you a bad doctor's report or told you you were cancer free. The quality of the news determines the level of joy you experience. So then the question is, is what is the good news? The, the angels are showing up declaring good news of great joy. What's the good news? Well, I think for a lot of us, this is what we think the good news is. We think it goes something like this, that Jesus came to die for us. So now we have to live really religiously for him. We can't do this. We have to do that. We've got to strive and struggle and try harder and behave better in order to earn God's favor. You now owe God something. If you mess up, he's going to be mad at you. Yes, Jesus died so you could go to heaven, but God's favor upon your life now rests completely upon your performance. <laughs> I don't know that I call that good news. <laughs> I call that bad news. Religion could be defined as exhausting burdens of great sorrow, which is why a whole lot of us sitting in this room push away from Jesus, because that's what we've been told. But what you have to remember is that Jesus didn't come to start a religion. Jesus came to save humanity. So what then is the good news? The good news is Jesus came to do for you what you could never do for yourself. He came to turn the light back on in the world and in you. You see, you have to go all the way back to the Garden of Eden. And when you go back there, you have Adam and Eve. They're living in the perfection of creation. The light is in the world. The light is in them. But the moment they reach out and took that forbidden fruit, the light went off. The light went off in the world. The light went off in them. When they grabbed that piece of fruit, it was like they turned off a giant light switch. And everything went dark. And so we were defined by darkness. Darkness ruled and reigned. In fact, Luke tells us that when Jesus came that first Christmas, Luke 1, it said Jesus came to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace. It's profound. It says the tender mercy of our God. The father's heart was so tender that he sent his one and only son to be born in a manger and die on a cross. Why? Because we were trapped in the land of darkness and under the shadow of death. Without Jesus, the best we had was a land of darkness and under the shadow of death. And I want you to think about this for a second because I've been thinking about this all week. Think about being under the shadow of death. Anytime you're under a shadow, it means that thing is over you. In some way, it's superior to you. It reigns over you. It's above you, and it's casting its shadow upon you. Like if you're under a shadow of a giant oak tree, you're under its cover, and you're under its influence. So when it says that we were under the shadow of death, it means death ruled and reigned over us. It had authority, it had power, and it cast its cover and its influence over our lives. 
And when you think of death, I don't want you to think about the end. I want you to think about words like this, like sickness and sorrow, loneliness, shame, guilt, fear, condemnation. The shadow of death ruled and reigned because Satan and the king of the kingdom of darkness ruled and reigned and the shadow of death was cast from his dark throne over our minds, over our hearts, over our bodies and over our lives. And I would submit to you, it's really hard to live a free life when you're under the shadow of death. But that first Christmas, Jesus came to turn the light back on. John 1, 4 says, in him was life and that life was the light of men. Jesus didn't just send us light, he came to be the light. He came to restore our identity by forgiving our sins, making us a new creation, making us whole. He came to reconcile our relationship with God by adopting us into his family, by promising he'll never leave us nor forsake us and living inside of us. And he came to redeem our purpose. He came to give us a vision and a mission. He invited us to rule and reign with him. And I would submit to you that good news always leads to great joy. In fact, Christmas proves that God wants to be with you. Easter proves that Jesus has fully forgiven you and Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was poured out proves that God has fully empowered you. That is good news that leads to great joy. This is why Romans 14, 17 says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. When Jesus came, he was the king. He brought his kingdom, righteousness, peace, and joy. He came to make wrong things right. And when wrong things are made right, we have peace with God. And when we have peace with God, joy is the only natural response. Good news of great joy. Then why don't we feel joyful? Then where's the joy? The problem is, is I think that we've covered up the good news. Yeah, we haven't done it intentionally. But we've just kind of lived life and that good news gets covered up and before long through work and busyness and addictions and anxiety and depression and hobbies and activities and kid stuff and technology and social media and religion. The next thing you know, it all gets covered up and good news of great joy becomes old news of no joy. It's like Jesus came and turned the light on, but then we covered it up and went back to living in the shadow of death. In fact, listen to what Jesus says, Matthew 5. He says, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine. In other words, Jesus says, no one lights a lamp and then covers it up. None of you would turn on your car headlights and then put a visor over them or turn on your Christmas tree lights and then put a blanket over it. No, he says, no, you, you turn on the light and you let it shine. But, but what ends up happening is Jesus comes, turns the light on in us and in our lives, but then in some way, shape, or form, we cover it up with a bowl. You say, well, what's a bowl? I don't know, distractions, disappointment, thinking that Jesus isn't enough, heart affections, things drift, and and, and we cover up the light that Jesus turned on in us. And yet, when we cover up all those things, he doesn't burn them down to come back on top. He patiently and graciously waits and kindly invites us to take the bowl, the cover back off so that he could shine. Our problem is, is we try to look at the light through life instead of looking at life through the light. And that's why we get lost. I mean, think of every Christmas movie that you've probably ever seen. There's usually two characters in almost every Christmas movie. There's a kid who believes. There's a kid who has faith. There's a kid who sees what really matters. And there's an adult who ain't seen nothing. 
You know what I'm talking about? It's like the kid. He just believes. They see what's important. There's no distraction, nothing covering up. And then there's an adult. And all the years of adulting have called all these things to cover up what really matters. And the whole movie is the adult removing layer after layer after layer to get down to what really matters. Ah, and then the light's uncovered and they see again. You see, can I tell you my sense this Christmas? My sense this Christmas is that there is a whole lot of us that the light has been covered up or gone out. My sense this Christmas is that there's a whole lot of us walking around with the spirit of meh. Do you know the spirit of meh? This is my friend. It's the world's favorite emoji. It's the spirit of indifference, the spirit of apathy. Everything is just meh. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? We're not content with anything. We're not content with the amount of social media followers we have or the way we look or the job we have or our finances or our family or the possessions or the opportunities. Everything is just meh. Hey man, how you doing? Meh, right? <laughs> nothing is inspiring, nothing is exciting, nothing has awe and wonder. And it's like what happens is we cover up the light with the things of this world, we go back to living under the shadow of death and the only response at that point is meh. But here's the problem. Without light, you can't see the beauty of the life around you. It's light that shines on hope. It's light that shines on healing. It's light that shines on love and the fullness of the life that God has for you. Without Jesus, you will never have great joy. Without light, you will not see the beauty of your marriage, even though it's struggling right now. Without light, you won't see the beauty of your kids, even though you may have some tension with them right now. Without light, you won't see the beauty of the circumstances, even though you may be struggling in them. Without light, you won't see the beauty of the opportunities that God's given you and the provision that he's entrusted you with and the life that he's called you to. You literally cannot see it. And what you have to remember is that meh does not exist in the kingdom of God. It doesn't. Meh is agreement with the king of darkness living in the realm of darkness under the shadow of death. You know what exists in the kingdom of God? Great joy. That's why it's good news of great joy. Why? Because this is now heaven coming to earth. That's why Jesus tells us that Satan wants to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to steal your affection, kill your heart, and destroy your faith. Meh. But you know what Jesus said he came to do? To give us an abundant life. You know what defines the kingdom of God? Things like joy and passion and excitement and engagement and enthusiasm, life. In fact, that's why Ephesians 5, it tells us, for the light makes everything visible. That is why it is said, awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead and Christ will give you light. In other words, look to Jesus and he will light your life. Awake, arise. Remove the cover. Listen to me. Jesus came to be under the shadow of death so you could have the fullness of his light. I need you to think about this for a moment. When Jesus died on the cross and he stretched out his arms, the shadow of death came over him. 
Everything in the crucifixion story, everything in Jesus' life is prophetic for you and I that we might have the fullness of what he offers. So Luke, who told us that Jesus came because we were under the shadow of death, at the end of Luke's gospel in Luke 23, talking about Jesus on the cross, it says it was now about the sixth hour, the middle of the day, and darkness came over the whole land until the ninth hour, for the sun had stopped shining. Jesus is hanging on the cross in the middle of the day, and it says the shadow of death came over him, so the fullness of light could now be available to you. In other words, his light went out so yours could come on. That is good news of great joy. The shadow of death only has authority now over your life if you choose to cover up the light. He said, well, how do I know if I've covered up the light? Well, just look at the story that we read. The shepherds, they had great joy. They worshiped Jesus and they told everyone else about what God had done for them. So do you have no joy? Do you have no interest in worshiping Jesus? And do you not want to tell anyone else about who Jesus is and what he has done? I would submit to you then the light has been covered up. I mean, the shepherds, I mean, they're, they're shepherds. This is not a great profession. And, and they're, they're meh. They're out with those sheep. We like see these cool little shepherds in our manger scenes. We're like, they're so happy. No, they weren't. They were meh out in the fields. And then the light turned on that first Christmas and it says they return with great joy. You see, the whole point is Luke 2, 10 and 11. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy for today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. Not to them, the person sitting next to you, not to someone else somewhere in the neighborhood or someone in a third world nation. No, he came for you. And when you lose sight of that and that gets covered up, you'll live under the shadow of death. And so here's what we're going to do together in a few moments. Uh, we're going to do a candle lighting service. We have never done this before here at Valley Creek. Uh, pretty much every year at the end of Christmas, we do glow sticks. And, and this year we're going to do candles, and I honestly think it's incredibly prophetic. Because this year what we're saying is that Jesus is enough, and he wants to turn the light back on. 2 Corinthians 4, 6 says, For God, who said, let there be light and darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts, so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus. He didn't just come to turn the light on in the world. He came to turn the light on in here and give you the fullness of Jesus's light. And so in a moment, our ushers are going to come by and they're going to light the candles in your row and it's going to get to you. And when it gets to you, there's two questions I want you to think about. The first one is just simply this. Have you ever let Jesus turn your light on? Have you ever stopped and said, Jesus, you came for me. I receive what you have done, and today I allow you to turn the light back on in my life and remove the shadow of death through the forgiveness of my sins. The second question I want to ask you is, has your light gone out or is it covered up? When that candle gets to you, between you and Jesus, has your flame gone down? Have the things of this world covered it up? And when it turns back on, maybe today is the day to either say, Jesus, I receive you as Savior, or Jesus, today I remove the things of this world and look back to you, the only thing that really matters.
And so what we're going to do in a moment is we're going to turn off the lights and we're going to start with a single candle on the platform and then we're going to spread it out with our ushers and it's going to go from person to person because that's how the light of Jesus spreads from person to person. And so a couple directions for you. Uh, when it gets to you and the candle is lit, once it's lit, remember there's hot wax. So once your flame is up, no more turning it to the left or the right, just straight up, okay? When the person gets it lit at the beginning of the row, what they're gonna do is they'll turn to you and when it gets to you, you bend yours because yours isn't on yet and you then light it and then turn it and then you go to the next person. <laughs> Parents, help us with your children. Remember the people's hair in front of you. We don't want to light it on fire. We don't want to burn anybody. So we're just going to kind of be still and peaceful and we're going to reflect and whether or not the light of Jesus is on in our life. And here's the thing that I think is so cool is you can't turn on your own light. You can't turn on your own light. Only Jesus can light your light. And you know what's cool is when your light is off, you're the one that has to submit and surrender to the flame. When the flame is on, it doesn't bend. Nope, the one without the light bends, submits and surrenders and says, Jesus, give me your life. Give me your light that I might be free. I have no idea what kind of darkness you may be living in. I don't know what kind of shadow of death may be over you. But I know this Christmas, Jesus is inviting you to take the cover off and look back at what really matters that Jesus came to rescue you from darkness and give you the light of life. So Jesus, thank you for who you are and what you have done. We choose in this moment to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. We say, would you turn on the light in our heart through faith and belief? And would we remove the covers that have kept us from letting you shine into our lives and into the world around us. Thank you that we are no longer under the shadow of death when we choose to receive your light. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen.